Welcome to Uphill Conversations. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Pecoraro. Are you ready to be inspired? Hey there, and welcome. Yes, I am Tim, and I'm glad you can join me as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all, I mean every single one of the agreements that you have with any and all limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So I'm so excited today about um, this interview. It's a pre-recorded interview. As you know, some of those that I have are um, that I did building my show before I got it launched. But this is a very good friend of mine. This is a great young man who is a phenomenal musician. And all I want to tell you is this. You're going to hear some neat things. You're going to hear about how instead of building a monster of jealousy, that you literally use that as fuel to move toward your emerging future. And so you say, man, I'm not a musician. I don't, I mean, I like turning on the radio or um, I like uh, uh, listening to, going to a good concert or whatever. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. When it comes to people that are making that great music, there are things that, that are true for them. They're very true for you as well because we're all on a journey to be more, do more, and have more. Um, so this guy, and I'm just going to tell you this. If you want to listen to an interview uh, from or hear the voice and hear the heart and the mind of someone who was one of Prince's last, like, yes, the artist Prince, one of his former saxophone players and one of the last solo sax player, which I'm going to post these things where you can find different um images and so forth, his website stuff, all of that. But this is the guy, a young man from right up the road from where I live right now. This guy is amazing. A great, great young man. I played with him, traveled with him, did music with him, but his heart is amazing. And there's a lot that you can learn from listening to him. So I'm not going to hold you up too long, but hey, check it out. Remember, go to Facebook, like, share, and post on the page um, at Uphill Conversations. You can go to the website, uphillconversations.co, and you can subscribe from, to the show from there and also connect with me. But also, if you would do me a favor, topic ideas, um, if you would like to just say, hey, I've got some thoughts, and I do a lot of coaching. So maybe you send me some coaching. I'm looking to start answering some questions uh, in the podcast. If you want to do that, go ahead and send it to connect at uphillconversations.co. That's connect at C-O-N-N-E-C-T at uphillconversations.co not dot com and also go to iTunes like the show please give me some reviews and also go to Stitcher and Google Play Music so without any delay I'm going to get over to this interview and let you hear it oh and also you're going to start hearing on the podcast even the music you heard coming into this show today is the man that you are about to hear from that's his music and he also hit billboard number one instrumental and I'll have all of that also in the show notes, or you can see it there. But 
Billboard number one on instrumental. So this guy is great, okay? I mean, I'm just going to let you know. He's great. So you're going to hear a lot of his music even in my podcast in the future, intros and outros. Um, So I love the guy. I can't help it. I love this guy, Mr. Marcus Anderson. So without any further delay, let's do this. I'm so excited about my guest on this uh, episode today. He is, to me, someone that I greatly admire, someone who I've had the privilege and opportunity uh, being around, and I got to enjoy doing some music with this gentleman. Um, Just, to me, an amazing artist, but most importantly, he's an amazing person and um, has done some great things. So my guest today on um, Uphill Conversations, as you heard in the intro earlier, is Mr. Marcus Anderson. So, Marcus, how are you, man? I'm great, man. I can't complain. Life is it's been a blessing, so there's nothing to be unhappy about. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And um, so you're you're coming. You've been doing some traveling here recently, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've been traveling. I actually just got back today, so and I made it just in time for the. You know, this <laughs> this podcast. So I just been doing a whole bunch of traveling, you know, working on music, working with a couple of different other artists too and and that's you know, pretty much it, just music and family. Okay, great. Now just for those of you listening now and you'll we'll be putting some of this at the end of the show where you can hear some of Marcus's music. But I'm just gonna tell you, and this is no joke, and Marcus, I know you 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 know, you're not looking for anybody to give you compliments, but let me tell you folks, when you hear this guy's music and you hear the way he plays, this is a truly gifted man. But I will say, in the words of the great Charlie Parker, who said, If you do not live it, it will not come out of your horn. This guy gets those things coming out of his horn. So, Marcus, tell the listeners, um, because I do believe you are a man that is going on his journey toward his emerging future. Tell the folks about your background and up to where you are currently today. Well, I grew up in the house uh, being the youngest of seven, and everybody did music. I was always exposed to music and, I think, a healthy environment of family. And I believe that played a very, very vital role in my um, development as a man and as a musician and uh, in the world of music. So I've been playing for about 18 years now. I played in middle school. I played in church growing up. You know, I played in college and high school, and I played at church in college. You know, and a lot of my background was from the church, uh, church area and the church field, and I listened to a lot of different music, but I was mainly just, you know, a church musician that loved music. And then I started exploring a couple of different other genres, like some alternative stuff, John Mayer, uh, Rascal Flatts, you know, you want to look at something like that, or, (laughs) and, you know, just like, I just loved music, so I, I explored music throughout, like, my development all the way up until now, and then I just started learning in, a couple of different instruments, like, I play saxophone, but then I picked up flute, and I picked up piano, and now guitar, so I just... Oh, whoa, whoa, you, know, you getting always... up in my guitar now, hold on a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you... Now listen, for those of you listening, this guy, when he says he picked up these instruments, like, flute... He's mad scientist on a flute, but man, you can't come up in my guitar world and make me want to put mine away. <laughs> no, man, trust me. I, you, you, you have 
years, years, years ahead of me on that because I'm not even playing lead. I'm just playing like bass guitar. So it's, you know, that's, you're safe on that. Okay, good. <laughs> good. So, yeah, yeah. so you're picking up more instruments, you're traveling. Are you, are you yeah. working on, I mean, I know you've got your solo stuff. Um, are mm-hmm. you, are you supporting other artists? Are you supporting other musicians? Like, what are you, what are you doing with that? Yeah, um, I'm working with a gospel artist now by the name of Dion Kipping. Uh, I'm arranging arranging horns for his album that uh, he's working on. Then I'm working with Judith Hill. I arranged horns for her last album. And I'm working with CeeLo Green right now. And we're just doing a lot of shows together. And outside of that, I'm just really touring as much music as I can. Uh, I just released my eighth album uh, this year in March. And that was my inspiration. So that was a little bit different. It's kind of on the spiritual, inspirational side. And that kind of really helps me take care of, uh, I think, the spirit man that I have versus everything else that I do. Because, I mean, like, I always put God first, and I always think of God when I'm performing. But now that I have an album that's really dedicated to uh, feeding the spirit, I think that now I'm a little bit more complete versus before when I just played music and I knew God was with me. Now I'm, you know, playing a lot of that through my instrument and going to different ministries and playing the music from uh, my inspiration. And that, that's the name of the album. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that's interesting that you, you, you talked about, you know, that my inspiration in, 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 in where you, you know, you're going into what's really got you at the heart or in the center of who you are, the core of your being. Um, mm-hmm. and so, so basically it's like the sound of your soul. Then it's like, basically you're giving expression to the, mm-hmm. uh, so the man you are, I mean, everything like that. Any, I tell people all the time, music is exactly, it's coming out of you. It's, it's what's in you. Right. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You know, anything that's inside is going to come out, you right. know, because if you're around people that, uh, let's just say they're like aren't so honest or people that use bad language or people that have a different dialect. You know, if you go to a foreign country and you stay there for a few weeks and come back, you're going to have an accent a little bit. People are, where you been? You been in Jamaica? Yeah. You been in London because your accent is different. Like it kind of rubs off on you. And the same thing with music, same thing with ministry, same thing with, uh, language. If you're around a lot of that, it rubs off on you. It gets inside you and eventually it's going to come out. You know, that's why I try to be very careful what I watch, what I listen to, and I try to keep a lot of things positive. If I'm listening, if I, if I want to learn something, I listen and I engulf myself in it nonstop because I know um, it's subliminal. It's going to get into my mind. It's going to get into my spirit, and then it's going to eventually come out. Wow, wow. Because music does move people, doesn't it? I mean, it, it really has an impact on somebody's life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, the world, it's the only language to me that can really speak to people without really uh, having the same words. Wow. You know, cause if, if, I mean, if you think about so many different countries that go, they know they might speak good English, but you know, let Israel Horton go overseas or even, you know, Michael Jackson, in the past, let him go overseas. Everybody knew the lyrics, you right. know, let Beyonce go overseas somewhere and they don't speak English, but they know the lyrics of the song and that connects people, you know, the rhythm, the, the chords, the tones, everything, people feel that. Wow. So would would you say as in your journey and where you going, I mean, knowing it's your passion and playing music and it's who you are, you, you also look at that as how you impact the lives of others, uh, because it is a unifier, right? 
Mm-hmm. It is definitely a unifier. I always tell people, man, like, if it wasn't for music, man, the world would be chaos. It's already chaotic right now, but without music, man, we would we'd be worse off than what we are right now. Right, right. And and knowing that this is called Uphill Conversations, like having a visual, I mean, anyone that's, you know, every day, it's amazing. Like even someone that works out or someone that's training or doing anything, music is a big part of that because it, it motivates them, it drives them, it inspires them, it pushes them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah. you know, with that in mind, uh, speaking about what's in you coming out, let's talk about that investment part. Let's talk about mm-hmm. investing. How, how have you, you know, for people listening, even though they, maybe they're not a musician, that they're just, mm-hmm. this, we're just talking about the people level here, just as a person, as a human being. What do you do to invest in yourself so that you can grow as a person? Um, I always just follow my heart. You know, I feel like that my intentions are good. And if I have a desire to do something that is, I believe is coming from God. So I go after that. And because I do that, I think God honors that and then blesses me in that. And then we kind of have that on the table or on the shelf or on the mantle. And then we go on to the next thing. Because I just have a lot of aspirations uh, about doing different stuff, whether it's music or business, business venture. I just, you know, I follow my heart. If I write a song, I'm following my heart. If I uh, speak to someone, I follow my heart. If I'm giving advice, you know, if I want to sow a seed, like I'm following my heart. And I feel like people just don't listen to their their gut, their spirit, man. Uh, they get confused. They like they think about it too much. They get too analytical. But to me, God gives us that that feeling and that understanding of like knowing what's right and what's wrong, and that's your gut feeling. And one thing I learned is that you have to trust that because nine times out of 10 is not going to lead you astray. When you try to analyze it too much, you just, you miss it. You miss a lot of stuff, you know? Right. Right. And so part of the, so investing in Mm -hmm. yourself, really listening Mm -hmm. to that inner voice, but also you got to protect, you got to protect that. As you said earlier, what you allow to get inside of you, that could actually ruin the investment that you're trying to have, not only the investing in yourself, but listening and listening to your gut and, and what, what what you allow into yourself is, is that investment's going to produce something. Is it not? Yeah. I mean, definitely. You nailed it on the head with that. (laughs) Yeah. That's why some people, (laughs) yeah. Some people just tune into that right there. Just know that what comes in has to come out. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. And people, that's the thing, like Tim, people don't invest anymore. People don't like, they invest, but they invest into the wrong thing. I always consider like myself and what I do to be stock. If you consider yourself stock and you invest into yourself, then you're going to get a return on investment. People go to Wall Street and they invest on different things in Wall Street, gold, whatever. But to me, that's too much of a gamble if it's something that's not gold or something that's not going to continue to gain uh, value. But you as a person, if you invest in yourself, you know what you're going to do. You know what you're not going to do. You know what the outcome pretty much is going to be. So when you invest on that, I just think you really know what's going to happen in the long run. Like I know if I invest into my music, I know if I'm going to release this, if I'm not going to release it, I know how much I want to put into it. I know how much I believe into it. And I just understand that the return on investment is going to be greater than what I put into it. Right. Right. Let me ask you this. Did, was there ever a time when you were just waiting for someone else to believe in you or invest in you? I mean, was there a time where you had to wait, wake yourself up and say, Hey, you know what, what am I waiting for? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Plenty of times. And then I woke up and I realized that people aren't going to be the ones that get me to the next level. It's up to me. Like, I, I can't wait for a handout, you right. know, because a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm waiting for that big break. You know, it was a lot of people just waiting for that big break. And I was like, you know what? I need to make my big break. You know, I need to seize any opportunity that I have, big or small. I need to make the most of it. Once I understood that concept, you know, once you have a moment and opportunity and you don't take advantage of it, like you missed it. You know, you may not ever get that one opportunity ever again. But you will have continuous opportunities, and it's up to you to maximize them. Everybody gets opportunities. It's just what you make of them. Right, right. And it's it's all about your potential. Wouldn't you not say realizing your potential needs a place to go, and your potential is not going to be given to you by anybody else? True. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's, that's true. That's what's been put inside of you. I like to look at it as that we're co-creators. You know what I mean? We co-create with God. Yes. You know, and so yes. my belief system says, why am I waiting for God or someone else to do something for me instead of it can happen through me and with me? Like I can do this, you know, and and I want to instigate. I want to be the one to push. I want to be the one to go. And and like you said, when you invest in yourself, that's where you see the true return on investment. Um, mm -hmm. well, well, let me ask you on. Um, have you ever have you ever struggled with your potential? Did you ever have a hard time just really recognizing that, wait a second, I can be, hey, that person's up there. I can be up on that stage too. That person's doing that. I can do that too. Was there ever a time that you remember where you just couldn't see yourself there? You were, you felt there was a limit to what you believed about your potential? Mm, no, it was, it was never that. The only thing I really struggled with when it came to that was like, being envious and maybe jealous, like I should be up there. That should be me. And eventually mm -hmm. I had to understand like their path and their journey is different from mine. So what if this person goes and they perform at a festival or they may hit number one on billboard or they may do this other stuff. Like my journey and my path is different. They may not be able to get to where I've been, right. you know, not everybody's going to be able to get to, you know, travel and tour with certain artists. Not everybody's going to be able to, you know, touch people through ministry. Not everybody had the upbringing that I have and a spiritual background to be able to move people in music. So right. I may never win a Grammy. I may never be number one. But the thing is, I understand I will move people through music. I know wow. that for a fact. Wow. Wow. So basically, instead of comparing yourself, you said, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes, sir. So that was basically a motivator that inspired you just seeing them with that. So basically you turned jealousy into something that was your inspiration and motivation. Would you say? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Most definitely. It became a motivation. It became fuel because I took anything negative. I said, I don't want to be negative. That's not, that's not healthy for me because it'll, it'll, it'll dwell in you and it'll turn to something else, you know, and it creates a monster and I didn't want to be a monster. So I, I tried to turn it into something positive. If I'm feeling jealous, why am I jealous? Why am I envy? What is it that, what am I jealous about? You know? And it's like, Oh, I could have the same thing. I could have more. And once I understood that, like my limit was looking at that and saying, Oh, I should have that. No, I shouldn't. I should have more than that. Right. You know, I can, I can supersede that. Right. And once I really understood that concept, that I could just kind of do whatever I want because that's what my parents instilled in me, then everything became limitless. Wow. Wow. So basically out with the excuses and the alibis, right? <laughs> yes, that is correct, sir. <laughs> right, right. Well, let me ask you about back in that passion topic there. You know, have you ever, you know, with your passion for playing and, and growing and, and just making music, 
Um, has there ever been a time when you realized that what you were doing did not line up with what, how your passion needed to be expressed? Yeah. Um, there are moments of that. Um, I, I usually, I recognize it and I feel it, you know, I usually don't know until I'm already in it. Sometimes I can see it beforehand, but I usually don't know until I'm already in it, but it's just, it's an easy fix. What it's do you do? Tell me what, t- tell the listeners what you do to change that. Um, I just make a plan of like, what's, what's going to be my out? What's going to be something that I can do to get out? Say I'm, you know, spending a lot of time working on something for, you know, someone else. And it doesn't really, uh, matriculate into anything. It just kind of, it's like busy work. And it's like, why am I doing this? Because I really value time. And if it feels like a waste of my time, when I start feeling like that, all right, let me analyze it. Like, is it really worth it? Uh, is this really helping someone? Is it helping me? If there, if I go through those process of elimination and it doesn't do it, then I say, all right, I need to change it. I need to say, Hey, I can't do it anymore. Or I, I work out a situation to where there's a quicker exit, you know, because I used to really work with a lot of different musicians, a lot of different artists to where it's like, Hey Marcus, I need, I need you on this. I need you here. I need you to be able to do that. And I'd go and I'd be, you know, really tired and really killing myself to make this other person achieve their goal and, right. you know, achieve their vision. And it's like, I have visions, I have goals too. And, and it was almost like, well, man, I'm investing all of my energy and my time. And I'm like, what am I doing for myself? What am I doing to better my life? What am I doing to make sure that I have a legacy? Right. You know, I'm helping everyone else's legacy. Like if helping your legacy is going to help mine, I don't mind helping other people, but it was like I was putting too much into everyone else and not enough into myself. And that's not, it's a way of almost, you can look at it as like, all right, you got to be selfish a little bit. And, right. you know, I got to make it about me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with a little bit of selfishness because you have to be able to take care of yourself. Right. You know, and if people look at it as being selfish, then maybe they should try to go in their prayer closet and figure out something. Right. Well, I think but, also, um, but you, Marcus, what you're saying is like with just being a little selfish, you're saying to people, you want me in my strength. You want me to be mm-hmm. to be able to put into the earth and mark this world and make a difference in this world with what I was created to do. You don't want me just uh-huh. doing your thing. You want to make sure I'm uh-huh. doing I'm I'm building me because if I don't release that, I what I may create for you may be full of frustration. It may be full of uh, uh, sadness. It could be full of just, you know what I mean? Like just lack of, lack yeah. of excitement or joy. It may just be something I'm doing just halfway. Is this, w- would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. You know, and I, I understood that like in my early twenties, you know, it just kind of like made sense. Like, wow. I mean, I'm doing a lot of this, you know, ripping and running, but what's my reward? Um, right. you know, and, and a lot of, I, a lot of it was very rewarding because I learned a lot and I needed those, uh, those different arenas to teach me, how to prepare for mine. So those were necessary to get me to this point. Wow. That's, that's, listen, what you're sharing to me, that's very eye opening information. And I appreciate you just being open about, about that because once again, too many people are watching people from afar. We're too busy looking mm-hmm. at other people's lives. Like you said, we're creating our own jealousy instead of creating the impact of feeling significant and marking the world mm-hmm. with what we're supposed to do. And and mm-hmm. then from that, 
now I have something to give to you. Now I have something to offer you. You know what I mean? Like I, I've got to have that time to, like you said, just, I got to do myself. I got to do me. Um, yeah. And a, a lot of times people, they, um, they hold themselves back, you know, and they hold themselves back by, they say, oh, they never start. It's like, oh, well, I got all this work to do. Well, the hardest part of starting, like once you start, imagine like a baby and people have kids that have had kids, you understand like an infant when they're crawling and you're on the phone and you're talking and your baby's learning how to walk and crawl. And you look and you turn and look out the window and they're like, where's, where's little Johnny? Where's Susie? They've already crawled into the other room. It's because they took baby steps. You know, you have to take baby steps before you know it. You know, you're going to be further along than where, oh, well, I didn't realize, you know, this step here, this step there. You're not going to really see it because you're walking the steps. But then once you take a look back and realize, wow, I've really, you know, progressed a lot in six right. months, you know, to a year. And then you judge your success by your own merits, not everyone else's, you right. know. I may, you know, I may never achieve the goals of anyone else, but I know, like, what have I done to be successful? What were my goals? Did I achieve the goal? All right, cool. Then that's great, you know, because it's always what your goals are and not what everyone else's goals are. Right. No one's accountable for your life. They're accountable for their own. And you got to and you got to you got to answer for your own what you've done in this earth. And, uh, so true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And I love it when you gave the illustration of, of that kid turn around and they're gone because, because they're taking yeah, it's steps. Like, it's like, yeah. Cause you're like, you're like what, where'd it go? Yeah. It was just here. They've crawled into the other room. They're in the kitchen. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's the same thing. Just baby steps. You know, don't think about taking leaps. A lot of times people want to go and go zero to 60 in two seconds. Right. But you can't do that. You got to get onto the own ramp before right. you get onto the highway. You don't just jump from the from the street to the highway. Right. You have to excel a little bit. You know, you got to, too many things happen when you speed. Right. You're, you're <laughs> you building, know? yeah, and you're building mechanics. You're building some understanding. You're strengthening muscles. So even in your life, in your decisions, you're strengthening how you choose, how you make decisions. How you get, you know, mm -hmm. just all of those things that are building blocks. And, you know, even back to the baby, you know, maybe the baby was crawling. Next time they're walking. Now they even disappear even quicker. But you know what's interesting? Mm -hmm. When they fall down, they don't stay down. Mm -hmm. They get back up because they have something right. in their mind. There's something they want, mm -hmm. someplace they want to go. They're in full discovery mode. So, so with that in mind, you know, in your process of growth, what happens when you know you've just dropped the ball, man? What do you do, you, you know? First of all, what have you learned from, you know, or a few things, share a few things that you may have learned and some of the mistakes you may have made, how they maybe were disruptive to, you know, where you feel your future is? Um, everything is a lesson, whether, you know, there's a good outcome or a negative outcome. Everything is a lesson. If I do something that I'm not too happy with, if I make a mistake, I really beat myself up for it because I don't need to make simple mistakes like that again, because a lot of mistakes, people don't realize it, but they're really something that you could have caught and some things you can't, but even so, like you, you need to practice. All right. Practice. Perfect. You know, you're not going to be perfect, but just practice perfection because right. I don't think ever, anyone will ever be perfect. No one's, you know, no one's perfect. Jesus is perfect, but no one else is perfect. Right. So you just have to practice that because the moment that we stop practicing, that's when error Turn, comes in and it turns into chaos. You know, we have to be hard on ourselves if no one else is. It's different when someone else is hard on you, you know, but it's different when you reprimand yourself. 
Right. You know, you understand it's like, no, I can't do it again. That's that that causes us to be better humans. It causes us to be a better person and causes us to be more caring, more understanding when we do that. Right. I so mean, at least in my eyes anyway. I you know, someone yeah. else's methods may be different, but that's how that's what I've learned. Right. And it's it's creating a discipline in yourself. Give yourself a command and do oh, yeah. it. You know, just like yes. it's time to fix this. Let, let, mm-hmm. let, let me ask you about this, you know, dealing with people, just people. So how how important to you or or what has been your experience knowing um the value of having the right people in your life Hmm. wow that's interesting because the right people sometimes are like (laughs) not always good people but even the negative people are needed to teach you a lesson to show you, all right, this is how you handle a person or a situation. I mean, everything is needed. I think the good and the bad, because it teaches, it teaches us how to, uh, how to adjust. If if life was meant to be, you know, happy, hunky dory, everything, you know, just, just peachy. I don't think, you know, Adam and Eve would have slipped, you know, everything would be different. So I think we are meant to have slip up and mess ups. And because of that, I think it creates, um, it creates something like in our mind to just really understand life in a better way because life is our, our teacher, you know, God is life. Life is our, our teacher. And I hope it's kind of answering your question because I could, I could go a little bit further deeper, but I'm just trying to break it down just a little bit. No, no, that's, uh, I mean, we, yeah. so basically if I'm understanding you correctly, you know, it's not, you know, having the right people, it's very important, but also when you realize you have the wrong people, there's still something to learn from it. Correct. Mm-hmm. That is, that is correct. You know, cause some people say, Oh, well, that person is bad. I don't need, you know, I don't need that person around me. Well, like why? You know, maybe your job and your role is to be around this person. Yeah, you understand how this person is, but maybe you could still learn something from them or maybe they could learn from you. Right. You know, so like good people, bad people, everyone's needed in your life. Right. You know, so that's like, I just want to be surrounded by positive people. You know, I just want nothing but great people. Like, all right, that's cool. Like, but even like a bad person is still great in a sense, you know, depending on how you look at it, it's all about perception, you know? What can you get? What can you gain from this? You can learn from from a from a, a child. Right. You know, a child can say something and it's like, oh wow, because you need that innocence sometimes to get that perspective from a child. Because as an adult, we have been exposed to a lot of stuff to where we become numb to certain things to where the innocence of a child reveals things to us. Right. Or you know, from a person that may be so positive, like Man, I love the spirit of this positive person. Like they, I just learn so much from you every time. And then something, someone else may be, you know, kind of dark about like, wow, I would have never looked at it that way. Right. You know. Right. But now I, I, I understand. You have to go through it to really understand it. Almost right. like saying, if someone has a, you know, an issue with something, it, they have to be able to have the issue in order to help someone else issue. Someone that has never struggled with a drug addiction or been an alcoholic can't tell someone, hey, just do this. No, they would have to have gone through that in order to help someone. Right, right, right. So it takes, so it's putting value on humans, period. Human beings, Mm -hmm. you can learn. And I, I remember one time I told some people about an experience I had talking to a guy that he was homeless. I, you know, I sat with him, spoke with him for a little bit and 
and uh, and told him where uh, there's a client that I had that had a um, they had a men's shelter and they took men through some growth and personal growth and development and and you know I got him over there but I spent a little time with him and this guy was um, you know he was two sheets in the wind but the wisdom that he was speaking coming from a place that I would never understand because I've never experienced that condition, but it did not take away from the fact that the things he was saying, though his life did not look like what he was speaking, it was amazing how the words that he did share with me still pierced my Mm. heart. They pierced my heart. Wow. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. Let, Let me ask you, what do you try to do to intentionally invest in others? What are some things that you do that you try to make as a, as a habit or a normal, you know, in a way of trying to be consistent on how do you invest in somebody else? Usually when I meet uh, people and it's mainly younger students that are around me that I see that they're really, really working hard to try to achieve a goal. I was asking like, like, what do you think your purpose is or what is your goal? You know? And I asked them, why is it their goal? And then I said, well, have you thought about this? And I just try to give advice and not to the point where I'm butting into other people's business, but I, I always like to help and encourage and mentor, you know, I could teach, but mentoring is a, is a different form of teaching because with mentorship, you know, you become more of a, uh, like a role model for people that may, like I may can see someone that you can see someone that's wandering. And it's like, if you see someone wandering, why would you let them wander into the street when you know it's danger there? Right. It's, up, right. it's your responsibility because you can see that to go and got say, you might not want to go that way. You might want to go in this direction. It's safer this way. Right. Why? Because I've been this way. I've seen this happen. You know, and I always try to just help whoever, whether it's a youngster or whether it's someone that's older that wants advice or is trying to seek what's their role and their purpose in life. I just like to give great advice to anyone that has a plan, a goal. If they don't, all right. I'm going to help you create a plan. I'm going to help you have a goal. I'm going to give you methods. I'm going to give you um, templates, you know, the template of life or the template of being a better person or the template of being a better musician or a template of writing better music, anything, right? anything so, that I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I was pretty much, I was just going to elaborate a little bit more, but go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Well, I was going to say any, I mean, really you're taking a genuine interest in them is, is mm-hmm. like, you're, you're really looking at them and, and let me ask you, do you do that? Because I mean, what it was, was it your support system that you had growing up? Um, that first was the foundation of it. Did you ever run into a time where you wish that you had someone that would take that interest in you beyond your initial, uh, uh, your family dynamic and, and what you had growing up once you stepped out and started moving out into the world of, of your journey and, and, and with your passion and with music and, and, and putting all that to work? Was there ever, did you ever sit there and go, gosh, I wish someone would kind of, you know, look at me like that? Did, or did you have that? No, yeah, I had it, you know, and I saw how much it helped me to become the man I am today. And some people don't have it. And even if they did have it, I just want to be the same type of support and role and positive man that my father was to me and positive woman that my mother was to me and a positive just person that everyone was to me growing up. I had a lot of great people that were very encouraging. I I had an encouraging environment growing up and it just helped me to be able to understand and handle life because of encouragement and the power of encouragement. If someone's saying good job, 
you know, oh, that was great. Or for someone to say, uh, I don't know if I would do that, man. You know, you really should watch <laughs> out about yeah. this. But, you know, you need, yeah. you need like, encouragement isn't always saying good job. Encouragement is like, uh, that wasn't cool. You know, like, encouragement is, is so many different things, and you just have to understand when you're hearing it, when you're seeing it, that um, reprimanding someone or being reprimanded is a way of encouragement because a person cares enough to say, hey, man, I can say you're cool and not worry about it, but the fact that I'm saying watch out for this or don't do this or don't do that or you should be careful is showing that you care. Wow, that's great. So basically even we need to start looking at discipline or even correction or people being giving you some mm-hmm. constructive criticism that needs to be viewed more as, hey, this person's encouraging me here. And and, and it's actually mm-hmm. – that's empowering. That will empower a person. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, yeah. that's, that's a good way to look yeah. at it. Well, not, not many people would have the privilege that you've had. And, um, and what I'd like to do is kind of step into this, uh, in, in, you know, as much as you're comfortable, but now, of course, me growing up, um, you know, b- born in 1970 and, uh, but in <laughs> the eighties, this was it. I mean, one of my greatest musical inspirations and, um, mm-hmm. I have every album, every bootleg, everything that wasn't supposed to be out there, but. Working with Prince, I mean, you, I mean, I, I got recordings him and Maceo, and I mean, that is just like amazing. And, and Marcus, you've been able, and you've had, you had the privilege of playing with one of the most uh, uh, m- music, musically uh, inspiring, uh, marked this world. I mean, in the likes of how Hendrix made impact and the Beatles and, but Prince, can you can you talk about mm-hmm. that relationship a little bit and and what that did for you in your life knowing that pretty much all this training how you've invested in yourself and next thing you know you're being invited to to play with someone who has really influenced music all around. Yeah, man. I mean, like, where do you want me to start? <laughs> you, so you just, I mean, I know I just put a lot out. I mean, just that, just alone, a lot of people are going to be like, what? You know, just, what was that like? I mean, what, how did, I mean, how did it start? Like, how did he bring you in? Like, what did you feel? Like, what did you learn? Like, whatever the things that you think stand out, because people need to hear, you never know with what you're doing, what opportunity mm-hmm. shows up because... You got rid of yeah. excuses, alibis. You you invested in yourself. You realized your potential. You understood that you had a belief in you, that you were solid, you were strong. And next thing you know, you open the door and the future comes in. What was that like? Man, it was, it, it still, believe it or not, it still feels like it never happened, if that makes sense. It was almost like, am I really here? You know, it, it's like, it was four wow. years of working with him, but it's like, it's still like a blur, but it's a very lucid blur where I understand, understood and knew what was happening, what was going on. And I'm so thankful for that because that situation really helped mold me into a better uh, musician. It polished me. You know, I was already, I think in a sense, I was already good, but like that situation polished me to make me great and a greater human being, not just a musician, a great human being, because of the lessons and the things that he would say that I would just, oh, wow, I don't think he realized, like, what he just said. And, like, how I even got to that point was 
me just doing what I normally do, play music. I filled in for my mentor on the sax, Donald Hayes, in, in L.A. He was doing a festival. I was in L.A. at the time, just happened to be there. He said, hey, fill in for me. I did. The person at the time that was heading up the band at the jam session asked me what I'd like to work with any other artist because he liked so much what I was doing at the jam session. He said, man, I got to put you on to something else. I thought it was just L.A. talk. I thought it was just, man, they in Hollywood. They always said, I'm going to call you. You know, I'm going to see your information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's you my know, card. You, you yeah, give me your card. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's my card. You got a card? It's like, really, I kind of almost gave him the wrong number. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. I heard that so much. <laughs> and I gave him the right number. Thank God. <laughs> and he ended up sending Prince a video. Um, and Prince loved it. Like, Prince loved the video. He called me. He said, hey, man, I sent Prince your video. Dude, he absolutely loves you. You know, he wants to fly you out to Minnesota, you know, to work with him. And I'm like, it comes to find out, like, he watched that video time and time. I, mean, I would get, like, texts and emails like, yo, Prince loves Marcus. Like, it was, <laughs> it was, it was hard to even, write, like, hear because, like, you're talking about, like, Prince. And, like, they, yeah, with Prince, even still, like, <laughs> yeah. I just don't, I, I never could really understand until I started working with him what, what, he, what he was doing. Like, he appreciated someone that was just as passionate about music as he was. He loved music. He understood music. Because one of the first things he said to me when I finally went to Minnesota was, like, how you doing? I'm Prince. <laughs> and I said, how you doing? I'm Marcus. And he's like, I enjoy your music. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just, I was, I was quiet. I was like, wow, thank you. I'm like, I appreciate it. Like to have someone that has written thousands of songs, tens of thousands of songs, not right. just for himself, but for other people. And to say that he enjoys my music. Wow. I mean, and even then I was like, no, he really doesn't mean it. Like, because as a musician, I think we are the most insecure people in the world, yes. you know? And Prince taught me to be secure in like my music and who I am. Or he said that, all right, cool. But I really didn't believe it. Even when he would call me time and time again, he would give me out of 11 horn players. I had 80% of the solos, wow. you know, even when I tried to give solos away, you know, like, I don't want to feel greedy, you know, but Prince was like, no, I gave this to Marcus. <laughs> like he understood and knew what he was doing to give me a platform for people to understand like, yo, this guy has a voice out of 11 horn players. This guy has a voice that I want the world to hear. Wow. And I'm going to use my platform to be his platform, you know, so much that he even like called me out to Minnesota when we had, we were on a little bit of a hiatus and I started doing more solo stuff. He was, he was always watching my career, you know, whenever I, put something on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And it was like, when I got up to like number 11 on billboard, he was like, wow, I think he just understood like, well, let me do a little bit more. He created a jazz group and put me in it where it was just featuring me uh, and three other guys. That was it. It was the rhythm section. It was me. And I was able to write music with him. Wow. You know, he would have me come around he would just brag, you know, about me to his celebrity friends, you know, tell him where you are on billboard this week. You know, and it, it was just like, it's like, it makes, he's like, he has his own career. He's like, he's too famous for me. He's just, he's just too famous. He would just make jokes about that. And then we were in rehearsal one day and he went around the room to us four guys. And he said, you know, who's your favorite uh, musician? And I said, mine's Donald Hayes. Another guy said, Chick Corea. Another guy said, um, 
some drummer, I don't understand, uh, I don't remember who it was, but, and then he got to the bass player, and the bass player said, um, I'm my best, I'm my favorite musician. And I kind of <laughs> laughed, like, I'm like, you idiot, like, what would you say to yourself? That's yeah. arrogant. And then Prince stopped and looked at me and said, why is that funny? And I just kind of like stopped and froze, and he said, I'm my favorite guitar player. I'm my favorite keyboard player. I'm my favorite drummer and bass player. Wow. Because I have influences, is what he said. Right. But I know how I want my bass to sound. I know how I want my guitar to sound. Right. When I play, I know what I want to express. Like, no one can express it like me. No one can try to play it like me. Like, I am my favorite musician. He said, you'll have influences, but you should be in love with your sound and yourself. The moment wow. that you understand that, then your potential and your limit is limitless. Wow. And then once he told me that, that really like opened up just like a whole other understanding. Then I had to stop trying, you know, to sound like Kirk Williams, stop trying to sound like Everett Harp or Donald Hayes. I had to try to just be Marcus. Yes, I had those influences. People are going to hear it. People hear that Prince sounds like Hendrix. People hear that Prince sounds a little bit like Tick Career or Stevie Wonder maybe on keys, you know? or whoever else on bass, Larry Graham on bass, like, but he has a sound to where he took that and created that whole movement to where you hear that sound like, oh, you got a little Prince thing going on, to where it became him, it became an identity, you know, from those influences. Right. For him right. loving his sound, that you know that sound to be Prince's sound. Right, right. So basically, I mean, he helped you really. So basically what I'm hearing in this is you were doing all your stuff. You were doing life. You were, you were filling in, you were building in your, you know, yourself, your life, doing, doing your passion, just going along about it. And then here you get this opportunity. Now you're in this basically an inner circle of, uh, uh where it's very trusted obviously, or you wouldn't have been there. And, and in that process, you're being encouraged to celebrate your uniqueness, which those of you listening to this podcast, that's important for you to know that you are unique. You have value. And, and Marcus, I, I tend to tell people we all have a little chameleon in us and we, mm -hmm. we, we, ta we take color. You know, we, we blend yeah. in with things and, and that's okay for a while while we're learning, but there's a time that the real you needs to show up. And instead of taking color, we need to put color. We need to put the mm -hmm. color into the world instead of taking color from it. Would, would yes. you agree with that uh, um, statement? There? I agree. I couldn't, man, I couldn't have put it better. I agree with it a hundred percent. And so that's one of the things you learned. Would you say just, he said to you, celebrate that uniqueness and that is your sound mm -hmm. be in love with it so that you can mark this earth. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. Wow, man. Wow. That is, that is amazing. And I'm, I'm just, listen, and when I hear you talk about it, see, you come, you came alive because it's like, but it's like you weren't expecting it. And then this thing happens. And, and that's uh -huh. what people need to understand is that all the stuff you're doing, don't despise these small beginnings. Don't despise all the work you're putting into something because you never know what's around the corner. You know, you never know what's uh -huh. coming. Right. That's so true. And so you just got to so do it. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be prepared. You know, a lot of times, you know, um, people try to wait till the situation comes to prepare, but it's like, you have to do it beforehand. So when it comes, you're ready for it. Right. You know, and I think because I think I was preparing, um, and I didn't realize it, but like I was watching 
and studying like performances and how to be a better entertainer. It wasn't just like musicianship. Like I wanted to do it all. I want to be a great musician and I want to be a great performer too. And it's just like, it just happened to be one of those moments that God said, all right, I think he's ready. You know, mm. let me allow people to see, you know, who this person is. And I, I just think he honored that because I honored my gift and my craft. And I really, um, even still to this day, try to perfect it, whether it's writing music or writing a song or playing or even talking or mentoring someone like God honors uh, our heart. Wow. If it's, you know, pure, I think he really does. Wow. And just so you guys know, when Marcus talks about being a performer, the guy can dance while he's playing that horn, which when he, <laughs> when you see him moving, you just wonder how is all that happening at one time? <laughs> so well, well, let me, let me say this Marcus, so people can find you where, where would you send them to find your stuff? Obviously, you know, website, you know, YouTube channels, things like that. How can they find you on Twitter, Instagram, go ahead and throw out some places where they can find you and learn more about you and what you're doing. Celebrate uh, the music that you have to offer. Yeah, well, everything is uh, all a one-stop shop. If, you, they, if they just go to my website, MarcusAnderson.net, and that has my Twitter and my Instagram on there, but my, my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is just uh, Manderson Sachs, my first initial, last name, Sachs. And they can, go, they can go and get my music on my website. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. It's on Spotify, Tidal, iTunes Stream. Um, you know, only thing that's on, isn't on my uh, website right now, we're updating it, but it's my coffee link to my, my coffee line. They can go to andproducts.net and check out my coffee line. Yeah, it's great coffee. It's the best coffee in the world. You'll love it. There's I'm a coffee a drinker now, man. It. I need, how come I don't have yeah. some of that? Hey, I have an idea. We need to have a jam uh-huh. session in the studio uh-huh. here at my studio. Cause you, you haven't, I don't think yeah. you've ever been to our studio, 2000 square foot studio, mm. lots of room. No, Al but, told me about it though. Yeah, Al told me about it. We need to, we need to bring some people in and do a little jam session. For those of you who are listening, if we cut any tracks here or there, you'll be able to, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be able to listen to it. And Marcus, I tell you what, if you, for our list, for the people that are listening, if you would like, I would like for you to send some tracks that they would be able to maybe listen to. And what I can do is put it on the intro and the outro. So if, if, yes, sir. and so those of you listening, if Marcus does get these to me before the show goes out, you will, the music you hear in the beginning of this and the outro of it will be a cut of um, our friend Marcus Anderson. So, Marcus, I do appreciate you, man. You mean the world to me. I've known you, gosh, man. We go back a good bit now, and um, years, 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 that's right. And and thank you so much for your time and for our listeners. Please continue to tune in to UphillConversations.co. Always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill. You cannot go uphill with downhill habits. And I will see you all on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to the show. Go to UphillConversations.co. Later on, Ski.